Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Well, come on, let's give the Lord one more big hand clap. Is anybody glad to be in the house of God today? Oh, I was glad when they said unto me. I was glad when they said unto me. I was glad when they said unto me. Come on, anybody glad out there? I was I was glad when they said unto me. I said I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go to the house of the Lord. Come on, give him one more big shout of praise out there. I'm glad to be in God's house. Turn to your neighbor and tell them I'm glad you got to sit by me today, huh? Tell them you're glad they got to sit by you. Turn to your other neighbor and tell them you look like you've lost 20 pounds. Even, you know the drill. I feel like I've gained 20, but I'm going to keep confessing I've lost 20. Amen? Amen. Well, I'll tell you, we have much to celebrate today. It is a celebration Sunday. Across our campuses, around 50 people are being water baptized today. Isn't that exciting, church? 50 people going public with their faith. We got, a, 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 I'll call it a slew, is what we call it where I come from in, in Kentucky, of young babies being dedicated to the Lord, new life. Come on, we love, I believe every child is a word sent from heaven. Now, I believe we ought to be fruitful and multiply. All of you ought to go have seven more children in Jesus' mighty name. That's, that's the mandate of the Lord. Come on. We'll turn this country around one way or the other. Can I get an amen? God's calling you to that, not me. I'm done at three. All right? He's calling you to that, though. And uh, if I got the wrong mic here? Oh, all right. All right. Um, so so we, we're, we're going to dedicate some children. And also, we have something to celebrate around the world. We celebrate globally today as Christians because it is Pentecost Sunday. Does anybody still believe in the power of Pentecost, the power of the Holy Spirit? Come on, come on, the power of God in our midst. We don't believe we have a dead God, do we, church? We believe we have a living God who speaks, moves, heals, and talks. Our God is here. So we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Not just us, there are 2 billion believers, over 2 billion people on the planet now, every shape, form, fashion, denomination, that say Jesus is Messiah. And of them, somewhere close, it's estimated almost half of them still still believe the same thing we believe, that God is still healing, God is still moving. Come on, there are hundreds of millions of us on the planet that believe God is on the move. And I declare, God is on the move at his church. Can I get an amen out there? If you have your Bible on you, I'm going to preach very quickly. Then we're going to baptize and dedicate kids and receive members and celebrate. So I'll only preach about 90 minutes and then we'll do those things. But I want you to open up your Bible to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And then we'll go to Acts chapter 2. And we're going to read the story whenever God empowered the church. It's one thing to have a car without an engine. It's another thing to have a car with an engine in it car without an engine may sit out there and look good and may shine and may do this and may do that but how I many know it's not getting you anywhere and before the Holy Spirit was poured upon the church it's kind of what we were like but then God gave us a Pentecost alright Jesus after his death burial, and resurrection 
John chapter 20, verse 20. He walks through a wall. It's a pretty cool trick. Walks through a wall where all the disciples are gathered together. They're scared to death. They think they're coming after them. There's a hit on their life, right? Because they've been associated with Jesus. Roman authorities are coming after them. They're in there scared. Jesus walks through the wall and speaks peace into their life. Come on, turn to your neighbor and just say peace to you. Tell them that, huh? That'll be easy for some of you from a Catholic background. Peace to you and also to you, amen? Jesus said that, John 20, 20. Then he does something else to them. He blows on them and says these words. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. Don't ever make fun of a preacher that blows on people when they pray for them. I do it. Now, people got a little weirded out during COVID, but it was kind of fun for me to watch them get scared, right? You know, but, but it was a little something for me, right? But, but Jesus shows up. I shouldn't have said that, Jesse, but I, I think it's funny. All right, anyway, um, he blows on them, says, receive the Holy Spirit. How many think if Jesus shows up, walks to the wall, blows on you, says, receive the Holy Spirit, you probably receive the Holy Spirit? Amen? All right, what this was is what I call a first experience with the Holy Spirit or a salvation experience with the Holy Spirit. The moment you call on the name of Jesus, the moment you confess your sin and believe on him, how many of y'all have done that and you believe Jesus is Messiah? Hold your hand up right there. All right, you ought to say this out loud. Say, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's say it again. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. All right, so what happens is that is the disciples' salvation experience. Jesus has shed his blood. He went into heaven. He poured out his blood on the mercy seat, and our sins were paid for. We're not guilty anymore. Come on. Our sin is removed as far as the east is from the west. It's been nailed to the tree with Jesus. I am no longer guilty. My guilt was placed upon him. So the Holy Spirit's likened to water in the Bible. All right, salvation's like this water in me right Holy Spirit's in you but there's a second experience with the Holy Spirit that a lot of the world isn't taught heavily about but I'm telling you it's powerful and it will change your experience as a witness of Jesus Christ of Nazareth Acts chapter 1 verse 8 after Jesus breathes on his disciples and says receive the Holy Spirit they'd already received salvation he tells them there's more they need Acts 1 verse 8 one of the last things Jesus says before he ascends into heaven it's these words but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you everybody say upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea in Samaria and to the ends of of the earth. So the first time the Holy Spirit came in them, he said, There's more, there's something else you need. Because how I many know water in you is for you, but water on me is for the world. I, I take a drink of salvation for me, but water upon me, now I can serve water to the world. The baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't about just making you, I don't know, more spiritual, more this or more that. It's about making you a better witness of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. How many of y'all want to lead people to the cross and see their lives changed? Amen? That's what the power of God coming upon you is for. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, I, I never heard of, of a lot of this kind of teaching until about 1998. And I was raised in, in a church. My mother was devout. 
uh, Southern Baptists. I love the Baptist church and the Baptist people. They've done so much for America, for, for evangelism. Come on, let's give all of our Baptist brethren a big hand clap. I, I, I love them. Taught me the word of God. Taught me the gospel. Taught me the Roman road. Taught me about the, the fruit of the spirit. Taught me the Ten Commandments. Taught me that bedrock stuff. And uh, I kind of turned my back, walked out of church, got myself all messed up. And then, and then God brought me here in 1998. And God began to move on my life sitting right down here on the front rows where I would sit. So I didn't really know anybody in the church, but I knew the pastor. And I would come right down there. And I think they put me up front so they could watch me to make sure I didn't do anything weird. You know, they put me. That's why we have you here right now. But, but uh, j- just watching me. And I began to hear things in this church that I hadn't heard before. Like I heard people praying in, in the spirit. Greek words, glossolalia, unknown tongues. How many of you have ever heard anybody pray, pray what they call praying in tongues? You ever heard anybody do that? I'd never heard it before. And I saw them lay hands on sick people like, like, like Pastor Jordan did earlier and them claiming they'd recovered. I'd never seen that before. And they would give words at times, like they would know things about people, people in the church. Supernatural bits of knowledge. I'd never seen that before. And at first I thought everybody was crazy. I'm like, man, I was safer in a crack house than I am in this church house. I don't know what I'm doing in here. These people are nuts. But I'll say this. The Baptists taught me that the Bible is the Word of God. How many are convinced that this book is wall to wall, Holy Spirit inspired? Not one jot, not one tittle will fall away. Come on. Every word will be fulfilled. And if you can't find it in the Bible, it's not true. Doesn't matter what the Supreme Court says. Doesn't matter what the school curriculum says. Come on. Doesn't matter what the House of Representatives says. Doesn't matter what the Senate says. Doesn't matter what the President says. Doesn't matter what the VP says. Doesn't matter what the justices say. If the Bible doesn't say it, it's a lie. But if the Bible says it, let God be true in every man a liar. Somebody give God a hand clap if you're thankful for the Bible. I don't have to wonder through life. Come on. We got a road map called the Bible. Amen. So I went back. I saw that stuff. I said, I got to figure out if this is a cult or not. What am I, what am I involved in? And I started reading. And I went to Acts chapter 2. And I found this principle there. And I went over to Acts chapter 9. I found the same principle there. I went to Acts chapter 10. I found the same principle there. I went to Acts chapter 19 in Ephesus. found the same principle there. I read Paul's letters to Corinth. found the same principles there. I read the gospel, uh, uh, or excuse me, not the gospel, but the letter of Jude. found the same principles there. read Paul's letter to Rome. found the same principle there. That is that we don't just need the Holy Spirit in us. Come on, church, we also need the Holy Spirit upon us. We need, we need a baptism in the Holy Spirit and in power. We're called to be supernatural. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. If you're there, look down at it. Got about five more minutes to preach to you. Starting a series, come back next week. And I'm going to give you a chance to receive the Holy Spirit to come upon you in a brand new way. Talk about the Holy Spirit for a while around here. Acts 2 verse 1, here's what it says. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house 
where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled. Come on, somebody say all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So here they are. They gathered together. Jesus told them, Acts 1-8, gave them a prophecy. He said, power is going to come upon you when the Holy Spirit comes. And 120 of them believed it and stuck around. Oh, how we ought to believe and hold on and not just believe but act on. Come on, the promises of God. Amen. What about those people that heard it but didn't stick around? They missed out. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them don't miss out. Stick around. Sticking around is half the battle. It's a battle in marriage. It's a battle in parenting. It's a battle in life. It's a battle in business. It's a battle in church. Come on, just stick around. 120 of them stuck around. And they're there during the Feast of Shavat. Pentecost means 50, Penta. It's 50 days after the Passover. The Jews would celebrate the Passover. Then they would come back and they would have this other feast we know as Pentecost called Shavat, if, if you're Jewish. And it was a celebration of the harvest. Come on, the Holy Spirit comes upon us because there's a group of lost people that need to be brought in for the harvest. Come on, we need to well, help Jesus. He sent us here to thrust in the sickle and to harvest lost souls before the end comes. There's an Old Testament prophecy. It says this. The summer is over. The harvest has ended. And we are not saved. There's a day, come on, I'm looking forward to it when Jesus is coming back. I say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Let's put the government on his shoulders. I want to see him split the skies and return for the church. But until then, it's our job to bring in the harvest. Shabbat or Pentecost, celebration of the harvest. They also celebrated the fire falling during the days of Moses on the mountain at the same time and that the word of God was given. So these Jewish believers knew if God was going to pour out his spirit, more than likely it would happen during the feast when they celebrated the fire coming on the mountain and the word coming to Moses. So they're gathered together and they're praying in the, in the upper room. They're up there. Not been where they say the upper room was 2,000 years ago. There's a room there now that's under Jewish control. It's not a Christian-owned site. Christians and charismatics from all over the world take pilgrimage to go to the upper room. And uh, I remember the first time I got in there, there were people from all over the world. You know, during the day of Pentecost, there were people from all over the region that had come to celebrate. They're from all different places, speaking different languages. We're there in the upper room. And man, all these people are people from Africa, people from Asia, people, people from Latin American countries. All of us are in there together. And somebody starts singing a song of worship. And everybody gathered in. And I'm telling you, the fire of God fell when we were there in the upper room. And I, it was like a modern-day Pentecost. The power was in there. People were on the floor. People were weeping. People were getting filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. It, it was like revival hit that room. And then the, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, one guy's got a job because it's under Jewish control to calm down all the charismatic Pentecostal Christians from around the world doing that in the upper room. I do not want that man's job. Can I get an amen? Full time. So I've been kicked out of the upper room two or three times now in Israel. You're not a real charismatic till you've been thrown out of the upper room. That's all I'm saying. That's when you get your badge of honor. Amen? And... Uh, Here's what happened 2,000 years ago. They're all together. They're in that room. They're praying for the promise. They're believing God.
they showed up. The Bible says then suddenly. Come on, somebody say suddenly. How many of y'all believe God can do some suddenly things in, in your life, in our area, in our church? I'm telling you, I believe some suddenly things are coming. See in my spirit this coming fall. I see a harvest coming to his church in the fall of this year that's going to be supernatural. Now I'm looking, it's going to touch West Texas, it's going to touch this house, it's going to fill this balcony. Also, I'm looking at Henderson. Henderson, I see the fire of God falling this fall in a succinct, special way. It's going to mark many of you. You'll never be the same. It'll change your heart, it'll even change what people see when they look in your eyes. What is that? That's a fire. They're all together in the upper room. And suddenly there came this sound from heaven, rushing mighty wind. Uh, this manifestation of fire came upon their heads. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And this other language they didn't even know started rolling up out of them and they started speaking out. Those languages can be used two different ways. One way is a way to pray where you can't mess it up. How many of y'all have ever prayed in an unknown language like that? Just words like that. Come on, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just, just so they know there's a bunch of us out there, right? There's a lot of us. You can do that too. There's another type where, where you, you, you speak out loud. It's like a prophetic word and then it's interpreted. They're two different things. But all this comes with the power of the Holy Spirit. After this, the church went from being weak and anemic to being empowered. They went from being a small group of believers, 120 people holding on to the promise, till today, 2 billion believers on the face of the earth. How many of y'all think the power of Pentecost was effective for the church? And it's still effective today. I remember I, I looked in the Bible. I found all these references looking at them. I went to the room by myself and I prayed. I said, Father, if that's you, I need all the help I can get. And I want all of God I can get. And I said, I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And I prayed that prayer, and I felt the presence of God come upon me supernaturally. And all of a sudden, on the inside of me, there were these words, this language started rolling up and out. And I'll tell you what, I had the ability to, to dam it up and not speak it out or, or to partner with it and let it flow. Now, I remember I was there, and I think I was in the bathroom. I know I was. Now, I began to let that language flow, and it was just a few words I'd never heard before. But God did something. He put something upon me that day I'd never had before. You know, before that, I never led anybody to Christ. After that, I've led, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people to Jesus since that day over the last 20 years around the world. I just, just, well, it's not, not any of us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? I'll never forget, I was going to school over here at, at Amarillo College. Things started to happen to me like this. It's called a word of knowledge. I would walk up to people. Still happens at times. When I'm on the road a lot more, because I know a lot about you already, right? But when I'm on the road and I don't know people, a lot of times I'll just, I'll know something about them. And it's how God opens up a door so you can preach the gospel. I remember the first time it ever happened, I walk up to a guy and God told me he was a Buddhist. He's a Buddhist. And it wasn't that he, he came from a country that was an Asian country. He was, he was a white guy just like me. God spoke to me and said, he, he's a Buddhist. Now I learned as the years went by how to use that. Now I'd say, ah, so you're, you're a Buddhist. They'll be like, how do you know that? Well, God told me. God told you, yeah, Jesus, son of the living God told me that and he's drawing you to him right now. You learn why. 
Because the power of God is all about the harvest. It's about preaching the gospel. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses. How many of y'all want to be his witness? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Come on, somebody stand up on your feet. Give God a hand clap if you want to be used as a witness. Come on, we're going to be witnesses, amen? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part. I said the uttermost part. You're going to be witnesses to the uttermost part of the earth. Here's what I want to do. I want to, I want to pray for you. Then we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to dedicate some babies. We're going to baptize people. We're going to celebrate, all right? How many of y'all, want, how many of y'all think church ought to be a celebration? Amen? Not like a funeral home. Some churches you walk in, you're like, where's the body at, you know? Huh? Ought to be a celebration. I want you to... Those of you that are comfortable with it, I want you to lift a hand to heaven. I want you to come back next week. Talk more about the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to lay hands on people, give you a chance to receive. Right now, I just want to pray. I want you to get your expectation up. Every His church, lift your hand to heaven. I want you to get your expectation up that God's going to move in people's lives over the next few weeks. I'm telling you, God wants to do a revival in America. God wants to awaken this nation one last time. We get to be a part of it. But what's it going to take? It's going to take an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our midst. We need revival, and I declare revival is here. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I declare the power of Pentecost in His church at every campus. I say the wind is blowing. The fire is falling. The river is flowing. It's a time of new wine. I say a supernatural power comes out of us. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, Father, let that anointing flow and come upon each and every one of them. Right now, just open up your heart to the anointing of God, the anointing of God. Let it come upon them in a special new way. Activate gifts, speak in dreams, lead and guide direct, whisper in ears. Oh, there's some young people in here that think I'm, I'm missing the mark on where I'm going or what I'm doing in life. I don't know where to go. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. God says, you'll not miss the mark for I'm with you. I go before you. I lead you. I created you. I crafted you in my hand. Now I place you in my place. Even as a piece of a puzzle is placed in that puzzle, I'm placing you, says the Lord. So fear not. Your maker is with you. I, Jehovah, am watching. And your life, it'll be shrouded with success. I'll take you from low places to higher places, says the Lord. I'll I'll make you ascend amongst your peers and amongst your brethren. Because you've called on me. You put your hope in Christ. And the blessing of my son Abraham is now upon your life. So fear not, young person. Fear not, little one. God is with you. Come on, somebody give God.